Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 236. Happy Monday, May 22nd, 2023. I hope you guys had a good weekend. I did. My wife and I went out on a date on Friday. We walked around the, uh, we got we got takeout and then we went down to the waterfront here in Salem and it was just a perfect day, you know, right by the water. It was like warm, but like cool breeze. It was perfect. Uh, and so we hung out down there and then I, uh, you know, we just did, but I did a bunch of stuff around the house. I got, uh, I've been working on a short film. So I got all the, uh, I got some stuff that I was really not looking forward to. And it had been delaying for a long time because it was like the thing I was least excited to do with the short film. Uh, and I got most of it done this weekend, finally. <laughs> so that was exciting. Um, yeah. So uh, and I also planned next weekend, Sunday, May 28th is my wife's birthday. Woo! And so uh, I was I've been planning, guys. I've been planning exciting things for that weekend um, and specifically that special day. So. Uh, cause I love my wife and I, I, you know, we go hard on our birthdays. Like, uh, and so, yeah, we do like balloons, everything. We're a little extra with it, but it's so fun. So, um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, if you guys are listening on Spotify and you're not following Elijah fire podcast yet, give us a follow. That'll really help us out. Also for those of you who are like, what you have a podcast, you say a podcast version of this. Yes, and technically this is a podcast, uh, even in its video form, but there you have it. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. So yeah, if you guys are listening on Spotify, give us a follow there. And then wherever you guys are listening to this podcast, make sure you guys give us an honest review. That'll really help us out. Um, today's going to be a good episode. I'm really excited. Uh, last episode with this guest was really, really good. We got some great feedback and it helped a lot of you guys going through really tough stuff. Some of you have gone through, um, divorce and, and, and all that. So it was a really, really good episode. Um, but for those who are unfamiliar with my guest today, she is a preacher, a life coach and a counselor. And, oh, we're going to get into some stuff today. It's super excited. Let's give it up for my guest today, Marty Meyer. Marty Meyer, hello. Welcome hey. back. Thank you. It's good to be back with you. Yeah. So you've been up to some kind of cool stuff. I, we were talking backstage um, since you were last on. Um, there was something really, really cool that you were, you just went to a conference, I believe, something I like did. that. T tell people about that really quick because I think it's really, really good. Yeah. I, in fact, I had two women's conferences back to back, one was in Canada, one was in Oregon. Uh, the one in Canada was super interesting, and I just love it. Was a Nigerian church, um, and my husband and I—I I think we we're the only two white Q-tips in the whole building. <laughs> but but we had so much fun, and the joy, and the passion, and the color, and just the zeal for God. And I'm I'm telling, like they were a praying church, wow, a praying church. So you know when you just walk into those places, and you're like, wow, the ground has been plowed. Yeah. It felt like that. And then the one in Oregon absolutely loved those people and hunger. There's just hunger everywhere, Jeff, mm -hmm. just intense hunger for uh, Jesus and not, you know, there's not even a demand for a specific delivery or format. People just want to encounter God. 
Yeah. People just want to be free. And yeah. it was all ages, which was really beautiful to see. So we had a, an awesome time. Big move of God. I was super tired when I got back. Yeah. Uh, but it. it's good. Yeah. Where, where in Oregon was it? Um, it's a little town called Tillamook uh-huh. is where I was. Yeah. So, and beautiful area. Yeah. Oh yeah. So nice. Yeah. They have a, yeah. a famous, uh, Tillamook, uh, like cheese, they call it Tillamook cheese factory, but they've like yes. all kinds of dairy and stuff. Yeah. Their ice cream and all that good stuff. So yeah. yeah that was Ill- uh, Illumination says Tillamook is amazing as well. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. So, um, all right. So we titled this episode, the religious gag reflex, which I thought was great. What what do you mean by the religious gag reflex? Let's get into this. Well, let me just put it this way. It all started with my son actually several years ago. Uh, I was at a church and part of the worship team. And uh, this gentleman in his like late 70s got up to speak. Uh, there was no lights. There was no cool stage. There was no relevant anything by today's standards. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I remember my son was sitting up in the balcony and this preacher just begins to preach. And he was so passionate and so real. And I mean, he was just, yeah, he was on fire. And at, at the end of it, he had this uh, altar call. And in this particular church, there really wasn't a lot of that going on at the end of their services. Well, I think the entire congregation came forward and I saw my son like right at the front and he just usually would stay in the back. Like, okay, it's another service. And I asked him, I said, what was this like for you today? And he said, mom, if I knew that it was going to be like this every Sunday, I would jump out of my bed and I would run to the church. And when I asked him, you know, why? He said, because that man believed everything he talked about and he was so real and it just gripped my heart. Um, So when we broke it down, we began to talk about religion. My son never used that word. I think it's a word that we might use. Um, You know, the young people of today, not so much. I hear fake or authentic. And so their, um, for lack of better words, their BS meter is really good. Uh-huh. They can spot yeah. it a mile away. <laughs> Speaking of being non-religious. Yeah. No, it's true though. <laughs> you know, and yeah. and um, we all need it. We all need that. We, mm-hmm. we just need to stay real. So that just started um, something in me that even, even when I speak to women my age, what's what's coming across i want them to hear my story i want them to connect with what god has done in my life at the same time in order to do that um i need to be really real and really real means not just real in where i overcame but real in what my struggles are Mm -hmm. how desperate i am for jesus not that i have it all together Mm -hmm. but that i am in pursuit of him every single day more than anything jeff you know you can you can hear a great speaker you can um, watch them. You can read all of their stuff on Instagram and it's powerful and it's great. But who are you off of that platform? If yeah. I sit down and have lunch with you, are you greeting the waitress? Are you kind to the person, you know, in the grocery store? I mean, what is your life? 
look like aside from that moment of your life? Because that's who you are. Come on. That's and it. That's going to get translated no matter who you are or where you are. Yeah. It's been about the strength and the impact of your gifting. It always comes back to you. Yeah. You and Jesus. Because when that's all gone and all that's left is your heart exposed before the Lord. That's what it looks at. Man. And I think that's, I mean, Marty, that, that definitely is my heart's cry as well, as I often, you know, say to people, you know, privately, but then also just in my own prayers of like, I want to be that, I want to be the same person yeah. that people see on this behind yeah. closed doors when absolutely no one is looking, not even my right. wife. Like, right. like I want to be that person here that I am there. Right. And that's, yeah. I would say that's, that's who I am. Like that's, that that's yeah. what people see. But I think that there's a hesitancy because I remember like growing up, you know, as a young Christian, uh, there, there's a, I think, especially in my early twenties, you know, you're trying to like make a name for yourself and like, this is who I am. And, and, um, trying to put your best foot forward, um, which is funny. Cause you know, in hindsight, looking back at, and I mean, even then I knew, but it was like, mm -hmm. dude, you don't know anything about what you're talking about. And I think, <laughs> I think honestly being honest with that is like not pretending like, you know, more than you do. Yeah. That's the first yeah. thing. But yeah. then also like, I am an outward processor. I'm also an extrovert. So those two things can very much, uh, I can get myself into uh, insert foot and mouth situations, but there is a certain charm to that. Um, and um, especially when you move in humility, uh, when it happens. Um, but I think that was something with the Lord that he really spoke to me is like, he wanted it all on the table. Like that was the thing that he kept pushing yeah. me to do is like, I want yeah. it all on the table, which was uncomfortable because I wanted, I took myself too seriously back then. And, oh man. Yeah. But I think like to what you're saying, like, why do you think there is such a hesitancy to be authentic? Like, why do you think that is? You know, I think one of the things that comes to mind right now is that so many of us are so bound by people pleasing and yeah. opinions of others. Mm -hmm. And so that, that ruled my life for mm -hmm. so long because I didn't know my value. And, you know, in the last um, time I was with you guys, I shared my story. Yeah. And it took a long time to get up out of that pit in my own mind to understand that, man, I am valuable. I am loved. God sees me. It doesn't matter what other people's opinions are of me. I am who he says that I am. And I had to work really hard and discipline myself to just understand what that meant. And I'm still learning. Sure. But there was a time in my life where that was not operating like it is today and people's opinions framed my world. And I think a lot of times we don't want to be real because if somebody sees the real us, then their opinion might change and it's probably not going to change for the better. They're either going to be disgusted um, or they're going to look at us like, wow, I'm not so sure I want to be your friend. Mm -hmm. um, and we've got all these preconceived ideas where the truth, actually the truth is when we can be authentic and we can be real, you are going to have some friends that probably will fall away. Of course. But the ones yeah. who are really your people, they're going to be there and you're going to know, oh, wow, these people are invested in my life. This is my community. This is my tribe. 
And you're going to know that no matter what your day looks like, they're not just going to be, you know, flailing around going, well, today I'm not your person. So I think, you know, people pleasing, um, just really being framed by the opinions of other people is a huge reason why we don't want to be authentic, especially in the church world. Yeah. You know, outside the church world, I don't see this so much. Within the church world, yes. And, um, you know, one of those other reasons is that concept of when you serve Jesus and when you're following hard after him and you're and you're living according to his word, you know, you are an overcomer and all that is true. Mm-hmm. But we can't forget the first part. In this world, you're going to have issues and tribulations. I mean, we love to celebrate the overcoming stuff. But to talk about the tribulations and to talk about our struggles and, you know, to be really real in our journey, um, that takes a lot of courage and it's uncomfortable. Um, I think last time I was sharing with, with you that my husband and I are on leadership staff with Living Waters. And I remember when we were first asked to show up just to lead worship and then we could go home. And there was a, a bunch of leaders from our church that were there. And so, you know, Tim and I are leading worship and then they, you know, went into this time of prayer and confession. And I'm thinking, well, this is awkward. We're not going to pack up the guitars and just like hightail out of here now. Right. (laughs) So we kind of sit there and um, one by one, these leaders just begin to confess, God, this week was a struggle for me. And it's been years uh, since I've struggled with this addiction uh, that that I just want to lay at your feet, Mm, but it rose up this week. And, you know, I was tempted to drink or I was tempted to look at pornography Mm -hmm. and Jeff, I kid you not, my mouth like dropped open. Wow. So real. So real. It was so real. But, but what it did in me was I, this respect came to the forefront. And I remember thinking, well, if they can share like this, I actually feel safe here. I actually feel safe to be able to tell my story and um, talk about the things in my life that are hard. Um, And that was eight years ago. We've been doing this ministry ever since. And it's one of the key things that's so important about being real and authentic is that you're honest with your struggles. You Mm -hmm. invite people into that place and and you're secure in the fact that, you know, God sees our heart and he loves us. He absolutely loves us. He doesn't apologize for us, but he's come to bring us freedom Come on, and not by obeying a list of rules. Yeah. You know, well, that's I, not. Yeah. I, I think that that's, there's, there is this made big temptation when we say yes to Jesus. And obviously there are people now that are growing up in communities where this isn't the case. And that's amazing. But yeah. especially for me, um, where you go. Well, I'm not hearing anybody else talking about the things that I'm going through. And so often what happened with me, because I didn't have that level of transparency around me, um, was I'm the only person that's going through this. Right, I'm the only person right. that's struggling with my my image yeah. or struggling with uh, feeling like I'm just not getting it in scripture. Yeah. I'm just, a, a, you know, and it's like, yeah, like we're new creations and that is the reality but getting ourselves to that place, sometimes there can be a lot of gunk in the, in, in the way still right. that need God needs to yeah. do a lot of soul healing and a lot of, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. healing from trauma and all that kind of stuff yeah. to get to that point, to walk, yeah. to walk that up. But every single one of those steps 
is walking as a new creation, right? Because mm -hmm. as you walk in that reality, you are going to, all the old stuff is going to fall off, right? right. So right. Um, I think that though, because I didn't have that level of transparency around me, and I know a lot of other people can re definitely relate to this, like suddenly you go, okay, I need to deal with this all internally. I can't even talk to my friends because none of them are talking about this. But it's interesting, Marty, because like you were talking about in that, that scenario of like all those leaders coming forward and confessing, um, it, it just, I mean, you feel the atmosphere shift, right? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and suddenly it's like dominoes where suddenly yeah. one person has the courage to say something almost always, actually, I've never seen it not happen. Someone else comes forward and confesses yeah. something as well. Oh, it, it is the invitation to take off a whole different mask. And to just be really real. And it's so liberating because when we confess and when we can be real, we're not bringing disappointment to the Lord. We're actually displaying his grace. Yeah. And you know, does he want us to stay struggling? Absolutely not. Yeah. Like I am yeah. not into navel gazing. Let's just like say that. Yeah, come on. Because we can look and look and look and like, you know, deal with our stuff all the time. But who you are as a person, good days and bad days, and to be able to um, just bear your heart, there is something so liberating about that and the level of trust that it brings, but also humility, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Humility is just so key. And, and in that place of humility, the presence of Jesus uh, is so powerful. It's just so powerful because we're no longer thinking about all of our accomplishments. We're just remembering what he's brought us through and what he's bringing us out of and the grace and his love and how none of that is really dependent on us. We, we don't have it. It's him and it's all by him. And so what I'm finding, you know, even in the last two con conferences, I had a lot of young people come up to me um, and the stories that that they shared that they hadn't shared with anybody wow. um, happened because I was able to share my story and it's not about, you know, because I've, I've been told, you know, Marty, you don't want to talk about the past too much. You don't want to glorify the devil. No. And that's not my heart. I don't want to bring glory to the devil. However, it is important to be really real mm -hmm. because life is really difficult for a lot of people. And so the best thing that, that I have found, especially with the up and coming generation is before I can pour into them at all, I must sit with them and develop a relationship and just, you know, bring the whole playing field to the same level. And like one of the nights at uh, this conference, I felt so strongly to take the podium and ask them if they could just move it right off the stage and put it right there on ground level. Hmm. Um, because I don't want that, you know, She's up there. She's worked elevated position. Don't Woman want that. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, and, you know, and that's yeah. all great. And I don't diminish what God has done in my life or the calling on my life, but I'm there to serve. And, and in that space, just to be able to look out and see these faces of these, of these babies that are going, okay, so I see you, Marty, in your leather pants and your funky shirt and, you know, in your high heels. And, and I can tell, you know, there's, there's an assessment that's happening. We all do it. Mm -hmm. And just to, you know, shift that focus and say, yeah, this is me. And, and I don't apologize for, the, for that. 
but I want you to know who I am. Mm-hmm. And 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 the response and the healing and and the tears and the move of God was something that absolutely like it broke my heart. The, their stories and their desire to connect with men and women of God mm. um, who are just as real on and off the platform is everything. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And so there was this one one time when I was speaking somewhere and they were like, okay, we're going to just whisk you on out of here. Uh, and I remember saying, no, like, please don't. You know, I want to stay and be available. And 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 that's no judgment on anybody else because it takes a lot out of you when you're ministering to a lot of people. Yeah. And I can't get to everybody either, but I just want to be available to mm-hmm. some degree. And um, I think if we just can, you know, move in that realm a little more, it would mean a whole lot because yeah. uh, that message speaks very, very loud. Mm-hmm. Well, because I, think- I wanted to get out of there. I was tired. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I totally get it. Um, but I mean, you know, it's like, that's kind of it too, is like being in leadership is costly, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's not just, especially in like a ministry format, it's not just speaking, but it's ministering as well. And I think that, you know, I, so I get it. I totally get it. Um, obviously, you know, you're very authentic. Now you talk about, um, everything that's happened in your life. And I think I think that it is important to talk about what's happened in our past. And I, people are very familiar with this on this show with me where I don't just talk about, I don't just talk about the successes. I talk about the failures as well. And I often say that those failures are actually where I learned the most. And I think that, you know, this, Oh, but I can't like, I remember when I was younger, it was like, no, I can't let people know I'm doing something wrong, which is hilarious now. Cause I'm like, no, let me tell you what I've done wrong. Like I, I relish in telling that because number one, it it lets people know that they're not alone. Yes. One of my stories might actually be worse than theirs. So they're like, Oh, what I'm going through is not so bad. You know, like, yeah. um, So there's that too. Uh, But there's that sense of solidarity, you know, and people going like, okay, this Marty gets it. Yeah. Uh, she's, I, she's gone through stuff just like I've gone through stuff and yeah. she's still praising the Lord on the yeah. other side. She's still, yeah. uh, you know, she's still sanctified. She's still yeah. a new creation, you know? And so recognizing it's okay. I'm not alone. I think is the big thing, but have you always been this way or was it what you went through and your testament that you shared last time that really mm-hmm. pushed you into this uh, kind of mentality. Yeah, for sure. No, I wasn't always this, this way. Like I said, I I struggled with people pleasing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and there had been some struggle in my life for sure. Uh, prior to, you know, my world blowing up, but, um, there was always the sense of performance, uh, that I needed yeah. to, you know, I mean, fake it till you make it. And now I'm hearing faith it till you make it, um, you know, just put the smile on your face and, and all of that. I mean, it, yes, I, you don't want to look at somebody's face and they're like absolutely depressed as can be, you know, and, and you're looking at them going, are, are like, are you hopeful? Like, do you have something yeah. that I can glean from you? <laughs> yeah. Or are you really that depressed? I mean, there's a fine line uh-huh. um, with, yeah. with all of that. But um, no, 
And I think that that, that comes from um, an expectation that we have created within church culture, within even Christianity that, you know what, you are going to present yourself a certain way because this is what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, when the lights go down, uh, you can deal with all of your uh, stuff where actually I have seen um, leaders that I have looked up to call their own time out and say, you know what, I, I'm not in a great place right now. Mm. And and I do believe that we need to uh, use discernment in who we share some of those things with. Um, but to be real with yourself uh, is so important because God sees everything. And so there was a time when, you know, I would get up and I would have my notes and my five points and I I would just kind of read that and and share my heart the best that I could. And one day somebody said to me, when are you going to get away from your notes? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like my notes are kind of important, y'all. I've been studying, (laughs) you know, but what would happen is as I would begin to speak, there would this flow would happen and I would move away from my notes and then I would have this moment of panic oh no, I'm not sticking to the script. And that's the key. You don't stick to the script. Hmm. You know, Jesus is the script and he wants to speak through us. And sometimes the most incredible moments in ministry are when we allow him to speak through us because of where we've been and because of the pain. Because, you know, when I was leading worship um, and I did this little recording with uh, Tim, who's the man that I'm married with, with now. And there were some awesome things that I could check off the list. I've done this, I've done this, you know, I'm, I am now this, you know, up and coming sort of poster person of what God has done, but it was still all about that image, all about the poster, all about what I needed. And that is not authentic at all. Mm. And the Lord knew what he needed to do in my life so that the message is delivered with a different sound. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I can speak truth. uh, Even though it's truth, it may not seem real because I'm not really living out its authenticity in my own life. Yeah. And so I want to be able to speak from a place where, I mean, I've had to wrestle through things. Um, And it's not everybody's lane to come at it like that, but it certainly is where I believe the Lord has put me. So most of the things that I post about, most of the things that I talk about, most of the things that I preach about is currently what's been going on in my life. And if I can help somebody and I can collapse time for them and say, here's what I've learned, then I'm going to do that. But it's going to yeah. come out of an area of brokenness because I don't want you to see um, my self-sufficiency because there's a lot of things that Marty can do really, really well but its impact is not that far reaching. Mm. But through Christ and through the things that he's, he's worked out in my life, that's a different impact altogether. And it's not as glamorous as what I wanted it to be because it was all about me in the beginning. And now I realize, Oh my gosh, I still get to be me, but my heart has changed. Mm. And so the process of healing and being real and being authentic and not being religious, uh, that, that changes how I give my message that changes how I see people. You know, it's not just about numbers. It's not just about how many salvations it's about discipleship. 
that matters to me. Numbers are, I mean, we measure everything by numbers and God doesn't. I mean, like, like Jeff, as, as, as I'm, as I'm talking to you now, I'm thinking about the woman at the well, right? Talk about Jesus not being religious, right? Because the religious culture that day was, you don't talk to a woman like that, right? You don't, but Jesus was intentional about going to that well. That's where he was going, knowing that the culture of that day was like, we don't do this. You know, you, 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 you are not going to give value to this uh, Samaritan woman who the Jewish people can't stand. So there was a reason why she was by herself in the middle of the day at a well. Exactly. And so here goes Jesus. He sits at that well, fully knowing that he was going to meet that woman that, that day. And what I love about this story is, um, you know, he's able to say, no, go get your husband. And she's like, well, I actually mm, don't really, I mean, you know, she'd had a lot of husbands and, and, and just the way Jesus was dialoguing with her without bringing shame to her. And then how he just begins to speak life to her. And that one verse where um, he actually says, if, if you really knew the gift that is sitting before you, I mean, that phrase, if we really knew who it is that meets us at the well of our life, where we show up all alone, whether you're a minister or whether you're not a minister, whether you know Jesus or whether you don't know Jesus, there's a well in our life that he wants to fill with himself. And he meets us there every single day. And that day was her day. And my favorite part of that whole story is she gets so excited that she's like, running back to the village, the very people that had shunned her, very people that had pointed their fingers at her. How many of us know what that's like? Mm. Everybody knows your past. She goes running right back into that situation with those people. And she says, let me tell you about a man who knows everything about me. And she says that phrase with joy. That's being authentic. Yeah, because if you think that we want people to know everything about us, we we don't. No, yeah, she was like, <laughs> "Let me tell you, he knew everything about me," and they're uh-huh. all like, "Yeah, like we know your stuff too." Yeah, but this time it was different, right? There was no shame; she wasn't condemned. And I, I that is the message of freedom and liberty and restoration that that is beginning to build and build and build. And I mean, I feel it like a tidal wave where, you know what, that the heart of God and the spirit of God wants to move with such power and force that all of the other things and all of the other reasons why we think that somebody um, deserves to know grace, um, you know, all of the the, uh, charts and all of the check this off and check that off. No, he's meeting us at the well in our own life, our empty place, and he wants to fill it. And it's not about how much have you read your Bible, how much have you prayed. Those things will come. I mean, my God, you know what? Be fishers of men. It's not just be fishers of men and then take the fish, Marty, and clean them up. Hmm. I can't clean anybody up, Hmm. but I know who can. And that cleaning up part is not even about you're not good enough for me. No, it's about, you know, let's walk through your struggle. Let's walk through your pain Hmm. because that's Hmm. life and that's what's real. And there's so much hope in that. Yeah. 
Yeah, come on. So let's talk about, I mean, this is a good segue into just the value of community. And obviously there's like, it's kind of twofold or what I've kind of been thinking about. And we can kind of bounce all over the place, yeah. but specifically uh, as it pertains to, you know, someone who's like, man, I'm just so sick and tired of like religious, whatever. And so you kind of become, I've seen this, mm-hmm. you kind of become an island unto yourself. Yeah. where you don't allow anybody to speak into your life. You don't allow anybody to, to have any, and you're not allowing yourself to, 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 um, uh, you, you're not allowing yourself to be, allow others to bear a burden with you. You're like, no, I'm just going to do it myself. Cause yeah. I'm sick and tired. Yeah. And really what that is a lot of times is just hurt. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. and, but then there's also the other side of maybe trying to, f- Keep, hold on to a community right. that God is actually, especially if he's elevating your position or he's, um, you know, uh, you, you've upgraded uh, in terms of stuff that God is doing in you and, and opening new avenues. And you're still trying to hold on to an old community when God actually is desiring to bring, maybe not uh, remove everybody, but there are new people that God is trying to bring into your life. And you're still holding on to this. Yeah. Oh, I grew up here. This is where I'm supposed to be. This, No, no, no. I'm supposed to stay here. So I think it's kind of a twofold thing that I was kind of thinking about in regards to community. But I'd love to hear your thoughts, Marty. Yeah. I mean, I have definitely have a different community now than I did years ago um, when I was going yeah. through a lot of stuff. And part of that was, you know, people walked away um, from just my mess. And I get it. I mean, it was messy. Um, but also there are people that were no longer assigned to me Hmm. and it was time for new friends. It was time for new connections. I mean, I hungered for a community that was like faith, you know, believing prayer community. And so I began to seek that out and that required changing. And that even required a church change. Ooh, ouch. I can feel that tension right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, um, uh-huh. and I love the local church, but you know what? God, God is so personal that I am not just obligated to just stay in a place, uh, because it's been good for me. You know, God knows my heart cry. And so even even with my connections today, a lot of them are new relationships online because I'm in a different place. And so God will lead me there. But I honestly think that you um, you said something about we, we tend to isolate mm. and we do that when we're in pain and we no longer feel seen and we're too embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And so the community that allows you to be able to breathe and to be able to be real, you know, that's where you're going to flourish. And so that's often why we will find ourselves, you know, our friends will change. Uh, There there might be a uh, relocation church-wise. And that can all be really, really rough because that's a broad topic. But God knows where he wants to put us. And um, sometimes we don't, we don't owe people an explanation, Jeff. We just need to be obedient to what mm-hmm. God wants to do in our life. And, you know, we can't control people, but we are responsible for our own healing. Yeah. And, um, you know, my, my, my wounding may have been caused by somebody else, but that person is not responsible to bring healing to my life. Yeah. That's my responsibility. Yeah, come on. 
And so sometimes to stay in a familiar community for me looked like I was licking my wounds constantly. Yeah. It just stayed in it like it was it just was just a cesspool of all of your stories, which like I said, it's important to have and be able to tell your your story. But if that's all you do and stay there, then you're not really moving out to what God wants for you. Yeah. Um, and it always it always demands intentionality. So okay. community doesn't happen if we don't seek out connection yep. and relationship. It's not going to fall in our lap. Just like, you know, people that are just hungry for a move of God. What are they doing? Well, they're connecting with other people that are hungry for a move of God. They're they're praying together. You know, they have this zeal and this desire to see God do something which positions them in a place where they begin to move in an area that they may not have before. And and for me, um, that's what happened in the area of community. As much as I wanted to isolate because I was so wounded and I and I became offended, um, that hooked me. And so that hook could stay there for as long as I wanted it to, um, or I could move forward like the woman at the well. The mm-hmm. choice is always ours. Yeah. But when we have a community, the beautiful thing is there's not only connection, there's not only confession, um, but we actually have communion. Mm-hmm. You know, we're able to commune with each other, develop relationship. I need accountability in my life. I need authentic people to say to me, you know, that was really great, but you may want to relook at how you said this, or you may want to just, you know, are, are you really doing okay? What's your struggle? And that is a beautiful thing. And sometimes I don't want them bothering me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, today I'm not going to tell any of you nothing. But yeah. <laughs> the truth is, you know, if I'm going to keep growing, that's what I need to do. And so intentionality is key. How how badly do you want to get out of that cesspool that you've been in? And oftentimes, and I know, you know, we had we, we had talked about this a little bit, is letting go of offense yeah because religion um has its own offense attached to it but so does authenticity like one Mm. will always offend the other and uh so when you are able to look within and realize okay this wound this insecurity this pain it makes me want to isolate if i go to the church or if i go to another church am i going to be wounded again what am i dealing with what's wh- where is my safe place and and the lord is so gracious because he always will come and say marty what is it right now that's being exposed in you that's making you react like this don't look at what you've been through so much and what's happening and what and what could happen. What right now is being exposed in you? Why is it that you don't want to connect with people? Why is it that you'd rather be all by yourself? And if I can begin to flip that script and begin to understand, wow, there's still like a heart wound here. Or man, I, I still haven't gotten over that offense. Or I'm waiting for an apology. Hmm. Now I know what I need to deal with. Yeah. And I want to, I don't want to deal with that because I want to be like the woman who ran into the village and said, let me tell you about a man who knew everything about me mm-hmm. and not carry that shame and not be bound, you know, by the onslaught of my own emotions 
uh, because I've chosen not to be intentional to pursue healing and community and wholeness. Yeah. Okay. So in regards to uh, this topic, you know, um, I think, especially um, after what you talked about last week, I know there are some people who watched and they were like, whoa, man, like that's my situation right now. Um, At some point, being wronged, uh, it's okay. I think it's important as we're we're walking people through healing. It's okay. I think it's important to acknowledge the hurt and be like, I am hurt. I am disappointed in this person. I have a wound. Yeah. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. If we're not careful, we can take that and just sit in that place where it's almost like you're just in this cyclical cycle where you're just like, you know, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. How could this person do this? How could this person do this? And, and, and it's okay to, to, to feel those things, but like, what what would you say to someone to to basically like I, get them to the next stage of of healing i guess and and because you can't to sit there with that thing all the time is like even for me with things that have happened to me going like it's important to acknowledge it and be like all right yeah. man it sucks that this happened to me it's a bummer this yeah. person hurt me however mm-hmm. i know that god doesn't want me to stay in this place and so acknowledging right. that, because some yeah. people feel like if I let go of this, then I'm betraying what happened to me. I'm, I'm, I, I'm just right. like, and, and there's this misconception even about forgiveness of like, yeah. okay, well, if I forgive this person, then, that, then I have to just be hunky dory with them. And I right. have to like invite them over for afternoon tea. No, you yeah. don't. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> so I, I, like, I guess like, what would you say? This is kind of like a big topic, but what would you say yeah. to someone, especially if last episode we did with you was really a like suddenly they felt solidarity with yeah. you know in you and they felt like yeah. someone else has been through what I've been through oh my gosh I'm not alone mm-hmm. what would you say to them then cuz say this happened like whatever happened to them happened like 5 years ago 6 years ago 7 years ago yeah. but and they're still in that place of how mm-hmm. could this person do that to me yeah what would you say to them to help them along in that process of healing because God desires them to be whole. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I love how you said, you know, to validate what happened. That is so important. Mm -hmm. So many people feel like when they share their story or their trauma, that they're really not believed. No. And some of the stories, Jeff, that I've heard are so unbelievable, but that young woman is not going to make that up. You know, she has been traumatized. The world is dark. There are horrific things happening to people every single day. Mm -hmm. We don't want to often look at them because we're so overwhelmed. We we don't even know what, what to do. And when we feel inadequate, like we don't have the answer, guess what? We as leaders isolate. We pull back, right? Because we don't feel like we have it to give to help that person Uh because we just like are so overwhelmed by by how gross their story is and what they're suffering. Um, And even then, what I would say to somebody, and and in fact, I love that you asked me this because I actually had this conversation just the other day with somebody who was going through a really hard time. Um, And it's not even about me giving them an answer. 
It's about me sitting with them, validating what they've been through and saying, I am so sorry that you've gone through this. That was so brutal. That was so brutal. And Mm. what I do know is that even though God felt absent, I want you to know that when he hung on the cross and what he went through in his physical body, there was a moment where he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He even identifies with that phrase. Oh God, where are you? And to be able to bring the cross and the heart of Jesus into that moment, even though I don't have an answer of a quick fix, Hmm. is to bring his presence there and to allow him to begin to bridge that gap, that there is love there, that, that, that there is something tangible that's happening. I feel the Lord right now as I'm talking to you mm-hmm. because of the yeah. beauty of that moment where he just said, where are you? Like, why have you forsaken me? Right? Mm-hmm. Jesus said it. He gets that. He gets that. Yeah. And if we can begin there and, and just to allow him to, to bring that place of safety to someone, that's first and foremost. Yeah. Then in that place we can move into forgiveness. What does that look like? And honestly, the simplest way that it was explained to me is that forgiveness is not about letting someone off the hook. It's about removing the hook that's in me. Mm-hmm. I can remove that hook in me and allow God to forgive through me, right? Scripture says his love is shed abroad in our hearts. Thank you, Jesus, because on my own, I don't have it, but he's got it. And so we allow him to come into that place in our life and and release forgiveness and allow that hook to come out. There was a young woman that I ministered to at one of the conferences. She waited until the end of the service. And I was talking to a lot of people and she was sitting there and she had said to her mom, I am not leaving till I talk to that lady. And so somebody let me know this girl sitting there. I went and I sat next to her and I said, hey, how are you? And, you know, she just kind of started talking. It's just super shy girl, 14 years old and uh, just very shy and said, well, you know, I don't know. Maybe could you pray for me and begin to tell me about how she was violated by her own dad how her mom had said, I wish she would have been, never been born. Oh, um, you know, just, just that alone. And the tears just began to flow. And that moment um, where I felt so honored to hold her heart in my hands. Um, but knowing that it was Jesus saying, okay, Marty, this is her wounded heart. And I am entrusting you in this moment. So my next question is, Father, what what is it that I can do? And validated her wounds. I am so sorry. And then we begin to move into forgiveness. And I'll tell you what, she, in the most sweetest way, said, God, I don't know how to do this, but I, I want the hook out of my own heart. I want to be free. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever it means, would you help me forgive my dad? Would you help me forgive my mom? Wow. That's all she said. That girl put her head down and that baby sobbed. Oh, man. And she she put her head back up and she said, something's different. Wow. She didn't know what, but mm-hmm. something was different. And, you know, I don't have to know all the details. I don't, I don't have to leave her with a pamphlet. Uh, but, but what I do offer her is that, you know what? 
the Word of God, Psalms, whatever translation, the Passion Translation, what, whatever you can understand is full of stories and King David pouring out his heart and, and real people and real dark situations and how they cried out to God and how God met them. Um, and so she just began to read. And, you know, then, then next question is, well, how many hours a day do I need to pray? Uh, and I'm like, well, do you go to school? Well, yes. I'm like, you can pray when you're laying in your bed. You know, you don't have to get up and make sure that, you know, you get on your knees, but you just mm-hmm. begin because Jesus is not so much concerned with all of that outward exterior stuff. You know, in the New Testament, Jesus healed on the Sabbath and he was judged for it. Mm-hmm. And the Pharisees and the religious people of the day would find fault with how he did it and when he did it. And they missed the best part of what happened on that day is that is somebody got healed. Somebody got free. You know, somebody had joy. Uh, Somebody was delivered. What day it was and how it happened, just because it doesn't fit according to your timeline or what you think it should look like. Is really none of your business. Mm-hmm. Jesus is going to do what he's going to do and when he's going to do it. Yeah. And when we're available and we make ourselves available, man, that's when we move into authentic Christianity. Yeah, come on. Loving people, loving them where they're at, um, not making cleaning the fish your first priority, mm, but yeah. absolutely just, yeah, being his hands and feet. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, what I needed in my dark days uh, was not somebody to throw 20 scriptures at me, Jeff. Yeah. Stop doing that. Do this differently. Don't say it like that. Yeah. Right. Somebody just sometimes sat with me and just let me talk it out. That's it. But they were there and they were present. And that's why it's so important to just invite the presence of Jesus into those places that Mm -hmm. have been vacant for so long. Yeah. And yeah. it's different for everybody. I mean, really look at look at the guy in the Bible, um, you know, in uh, John. I mean, he was he was blind and he wanted to be healed. And the disciples say to Jesus, well, what, was it his sin that he's like this? Was he born like this? You know, he's blind, Jesus. And I love Jesus response. This is so that I'm going to be glorified. I'm going to heal this person. And the way that he did it was, you want to talk about non-religion. I mean, talk about spitting in the dirt and creating mud and slapping uh, that on What are you doing, eyeball. Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who preaches that at healing seminars? <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Jesus did it. Why he did it like that, he's Jesus. He wasn't stuck to one way of doing it. And, and what that does for us, Jeff, is that it creates a dependency. We need to be listening. We need. To, we we want the Holy Spirit to flow. Uh, just because something worked yesterday may not be what He was wanting to do today. Yeah. And so every single day is a new day, and I need to hear from Him. Direction mm-hmm. for people. Um, so that requires me to to listen, to abide, to sit with them, to allow Him to move. And I'll tell you what, the things that we long for and pray for, we begin to see. Because that man in scripture got healed. He saw. Yeah. What a gift, right? Yeah. I love it. Yep. Yeah. Forgiveness is also a just healing from 
your stuff is a it's not no two experiences with me in regards to that are the same right yeah but there's right. one uh experience and i really need to it, tell the whole story um on the show sometime but um i shared it for the first time a couple of weeks back but uh when i was 19 i was um I was groomed by a closeted homosexual man who was married oh, wow. um, and nothing ever happened between us. Um, it never went so far as I, uh, you know, suddenly started acting in like homosexual ways or even had homosexual thoughts. But I, I, uh, you know, it's like the way it started and the way it, it ended was like two, like polar opposite. Right. So it was like, at first it was really fun. And then, uh, you know, and then he invited me to live with him and his wife. And then it was like, all of a sudden I started finding out about all these other guys that had lived there that like had, you know, he was like, you're not like them. They would leave. And and me being very compassionate, I was like, no, man, like, I'm not going to leave, you know? And then it was just like bit by bit by bit. Like suddenly I'd wake up in, in the morning and he'd be in my bed, like things like that, where I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and then very emotionally abusive and, um, and then suddenly it was like, I had this moment of, of courage where I was like, right. I need to get out of this. This is yeah. not healthy. Cause my, even my, even my family started recognizing I wasn't my normal, you know, yeah. jovial self. I was very, very depressed. And I mean, as I'm 19 years old, you know, you're, you know, typically pretty, you know, full of life, you know, and, and, yeah. um, and so uh, I remember I got out and when I got out, it was like, finally I could, my head was like above the the fog mm. and I could, I could think clearly. And, yeah. and for a long while I wanted to deck the dude. Yeah. I wanted to hit him real yeah. hard. And um, because of what he did, you know, and then yeah. later his marriage fell apart as a result of me leaving. And then he started yes. living a homosexual lifestyle and all of that. Mm. But um you know, it was like, even, even the, where he was at, at the time, he was a children's pastor and then he had abruptly left and the very kind of passing was like, Oh, he's like, you know, I don't know. They started accusing me of things. Yeah. And, um, and so I think it's very possible that there may have been some abuse there, but I don't yes. want to, but anyways, all that to say for a long while, I wanted to deck the dude. And I was yeah. angry at him, but I constantly took those emotions to the Lord. And I constantly yeah. had people around me that I was processing this stuff with yeah. Um, yeah. that were providing counsel and guidance. And I think that's really important to yeah. not isolate ourselves and be like, because right. I think as a guy too, even though my situation wasn't as bad as someone else's in terms of like, no, I never acted on anything. I was never tempted to act on anything so I can thank God that it never yeah. got to that point. But yeah. um, even then as a guy uh, being, being victim to something like that can really affect you to where you're like, I can't talk about this. I can't tell people. Right. Um, right. Right. And I know there are a lot of other guys out there where you, yeah. you haven't had the courage. And so I yeah. totally understand, but the fruit of me constantly pressing in the fruit of me constantly always looking for that forward yeah. momentum, even if it was one inch over right. the course of a couple of months, yes. or a couple of years, yeah. um, yes. you know, uh, forward momentum. And 
the fruit of that now is I went from being like, I just want to deck the dude. I never want right. to see this guy again. Right. To now I actually weep over the guy. I want, yes. him, I want him to know Jesus. I, cause it's like, he obviously was operating from a place of pain. Right. Um, and, uh, and so for me, it was like, that was the fruit of me constantly. Yes. And look, anybody who's gone through something hard, don't look at my fruit of that one situation right. of being like, oh man, like we're suddenly now I'm crying for this guy to know Jesus and to, to, yes. to find total healing. Um, right. It's not always going to be the fruit of that. And so it's important to right. not look at Marty's situation or my situation or someone else's situ situation right. and be like, it's hopeless. I, I, I'm not going to be like them. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that. Cause sometimes we can do that in our minds where we go, okay, mm -hmm. well, if Marty's the fruit of Marty's situation was X, Y, and Z or Jeff's situation yeah. was X, Y, and Z, then mine needs to be this way. The goal yeah. is, is pursuit of Jesus. The goal is yes. and, and letting, you know, it's like letting him be the cleaner, the fish cleaner. Yes. Um, and, and I think that, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can at least like praise God that that was the fruit of that situation was instead of moving from a place of anger and and honestly, borderline hatred towards yeah. him over what happened. It's OK for me to have been angry yeah. that that happened. Yes, you know? that is so important that your anger, your hurt, your frustration, uh, those things are not wrong. What's been right. done to you? I mean, that's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to live there. Right. And 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 you're absolutely right. Our pursuit of God, you know, that's why I, I, I always say what happened to you wasn't because of you. Right. But your healing is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so how intentional can we be to pursue healing? What does that look like? Well, we touched on it. What's your community look like? You yeah. know. Have you come to the place where you are able to forgive and allow? I mean, sometimes I was waiting for an apology for years, man. That's a until big I realized I will probably never get that apology. And that's hard. And so, that's a bitter pill, man. Well, yeah, because for me, that apology meant closure. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now that person uh, really sees what they've done to me, mm -hmm. and. Now I can feel that wound close up because it's the person who wounded me when they see it, that brings the greatest amount of healing. Well, that usually doesn't happen that way. Yeah, no. Right. And so we just begin to move as if we've had the apology because that's why Jesus died on the cross. We're yeah, not always going to get the apology that we deserve, but God knew. And so he paid that price for us already. So if we can focus on what Jesus did, the power of the cross, it is so huge. And not just the moment on the cross, the fact that that, that tomb is empty. I mean, he wow. didn't just die, right? He rose again. Man, there uh -huh. is hope. There is healing. We don't stay stuck. Jesus cared so much about you and what you're going through and what you've been through that he gave his entire life for you. And it was a brutal death. His death wasn't just like, okay, you know, just painlessly I'll die. I mean, it was brutal. Agonizing. He yeah. suffered. And he had that moment like, like we've all had. God, where are you? Jesus, why have you forsaken me? And yet the joy that was set before him is why he endured all of that. What is that joy? It's us. We are his joy. We're mm. his delight. 
This is how important we are. And to know that and to know that we don't have to stay in that place. I mean, I was, um, you know, after after my divorce and I pursued healing, um, I actually uh, went to an organization and um, they they believed in healing and uh, there was a man of God there. And in my vulnerability, I was taken advantage of. Mm. And Jeff, I mean, in that moment, I, the confusion in my mind as I was told, well, you you invited this. And the fear that it put within me that now I didn't even know if I was safe in a godly community. So just the, just the fact that, that somebody, and this is why I talk about, you know, you can hear somebody from a platform, but who they are away from that platform tells a different story quite often. And it may seem like a lot of people are getting away with this. But I'll tell you what, God doesn't miss a thing. He sees it. And his his call to holiness and righteous living, and by that I don't mean, you know, checking off a bunch of boxes, but but to position ourselves in that place where he is all that matters. I don't I don't want to do anything that is gonna distance me from him. It's not even about I don't want him to disapprove of my thoughts or actions. It's all about I want to keep him close. Man, yeah. I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, things are being exposed every single day. Does that put fuel on our wounds and our offenses? Well, it absolutely will if we don't lay that down at the foot of Jesus and just mm-hmm. allow him to heal us, right? Yeah. Because I was talking to a gal the other day and I heard so much pain. And every time I would say to her, you know what, let's pray about that. She would just go right over the top of what I said. Or I would say, okay, can we just pause here for a moment uh, and just kind of take a look at, at what's going on inside of you? What is it that that Jesus wants, where he wants to meet you at? Um, and finally, I just, I just said to her, look, do you want to honor your wound more than you want to honor how he wants to heal you? Wow. Where are you going to honor? And who's it going to be? Because that's always the choice. And I love that that he's given us this choice, right? Because when, like you, you are you're sensitive, um, but you're a man of God, Jeff. And you know you walk by faith, and God's called you to this incredible work and ministry. And yet you have a story, and mm-hmm. a lot of what you do and who you are has been shaped by that story sure. and by the God yeah. story w- within it. Um, and and out of that, you know, you can recognize what somebody needs, how the Lord wants to move and touch somebody. Um, last summer, my husband and I were going to go to a movie. And I just want to share this because it, it's all about how much God loves us and sees us in, in our pain. We had half an hour because the theater was sold out. So we had to buy another ticket. So he said, let's go to the river. So this is really cool little place here in uh, Kalispell, Montana, where we love to go. And it's like a fishing access point. Uh, so we went to the river, but it wasn't really great because the water was high and it was moving really, really fast. And there was a car on the side that was parked. And a lot of people will come and bring their dogs there. And um, But there was just this one vehicle. And we get out of our vehicle and we're standing by the water. And there's a lady there and she's looking at the water too. And we just start dialoguing, you know, like, oh, look how high the water is and, you know, all the runoff from the mountains and the snow, man, it's moving fast. And, and she said, yeah, I, I, I'm thinking about, you know, maybe I should 
see if my kayak uh, can can handle this. And I'm going, whoa, like this this it's running way too fast for your kayak. And as as I'm looking at her and as I'm talking to her, I recognize something, and I wasn't sure what it was. And I know now to lean into that. And so as as I'm looking at her, I'm like. God, there's something about her. Um, what is it that that you would want me to say to her? And as she's talking to me, and Jeff, she's like not dressed like a hobo or anything. You know, she's just this, uh, she's a mom of a bunch of kids. I see the word um, contemplate over her right. head. And then my heart starts to pound. And I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. So I said to her, can I just be bold with you? And she said, absolutely. And I'm like, I don't know anything about you. But I just saw the word contemplate above your head. Are you contemplating anything today? And then I saw it. I'm like, you are contemplating suicide. Yeah. In yeah. fact, you have a gun in your car. She jumped back and she said, you must be a psychic. And I said, no, I'm not a psychic. What I am is somebody that has met with Jesus. And today he wants to meet with you because he sees where you're at and your life matters a whole lot. Tears run down her face. She's looking at me and she's like, I have a block in my vehicle. I am so broken. In fact, you see that car? I'm living in it. Now, Jeff, you know my story. Uh-huh. Oh, I was in man. a truck. But see, when we can hear stories like this. We were able to pray for her. We were able to help her. I was able to invite her to church. She's still on her journey of healing, but I just heard from her not too long ago. How are you doing? And I'm like, hey, you know what? This is what I'm up to. How are you? Every day, Marty, just a little inch, just like you said, Jeff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yay, like I celebrate that. But I'll tell you what, she's not floating down the river somewhere. That kind of ministry happens and happened because of what Jesus did in my life, because I surrendered it all to him, because I needed his help to lay things down so that my story could impact somebody else's life and bring freedom to them. It's not just about the pain of our story. It's not just about giving them a religious set list. Here you go. It's about being real. It's about allowing healing to take place in our life, through community, through forgiveness, through dealing with offense, yeah. that we sharpen our ears, we sharpen yeah. our eyes, and we can walk into a situation, whether it's a place where you've been called to speak, or whether you're walking by the river, and the Lord will create a Holy Ghost collision for somebody else. And all of a sudden, it's revival right there. Mm. It's not in front of a whole bunch of people, but it's right there at the river, a broken woman, myself, my husband, and Jesus. Come on. Well, and that's it. It's like God, even though like something horrible that happened to you wasn't God's will, like God's, God's no. will wasn't that you were that you were um, raped or that you were abused or that you were groomed by a ho closeted homosexual man, right? right. Like right. It, that, that's not God's will. However, no. God gives that pain you experienced. He, yeah. he allows healing and then he gives it purpose because right. then he uses yes. it. He'll use yes. it like, yes. like, Hey, you went through this. You're redeemed. You've experienced right. my goodness. Here's someone yes. else that you can. And honestly, Mar Marty, like everyone 
if like some people are so in whatever happened to them that they can't see this yet but right. when you kind of get to a certain place with it even if you haven't fully healed it is everyone's desire they're like man i want that too like i yes god is good and my oh, heart yes. is to help people and so when you get to like god desires everyone to be yeah. in that place even though what you have in yeah. you sucked and it was not yes. his will right he desires that wholeness and that healing from that yes. and then it's like man it feels good to be yeah. able to take what happened to you and 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 you're now on the other side god yes. has redeemed you he has healed yes. you um and and it feels good to then take hey i know exactly what you're going through because yeah. here's what happened to me blah 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 right. blah right. and then they're like all of a sudden they're like engaged and they're like how do i get out of this you know, yeah. and then right. you're able to to walk them through it. Like that feels good because then you're like, man, this person is like that woman. Yeah. If you hadn't acted on that, even like, nah, I'm not gonna go to the river, you know? Right. Or you right. just looked at like, man, I'm really bummed that we weren't able to go to this movie at this time. Yeah. Now we have to get this other one. Uh girl, I'm upset. I just wanna be upset for whatever reason. Yeah. Like that woman could be dead now. Right. Right. You know? Right. And that's why it's so important, you know, to, to um, live an authentic life before mm -hmm. the Lord. Yeah. Because every single day there is somebody that we're going to be in contact with and um, you know, to reach the masses is, is a holy honor, but to be one-on-one -on -one is just as much of a holy honor mm -hmm. because it's all about that person. Right. If I yep. was the only one, Jesus would have still come. Mm -hmm. He left the 99 for the one. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all matter to him. And this is why healing is so important. And being real is so necessary. My God, we've got to be real. Yeah. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, I, I've sat in so many board meetings, Jeff, and in, in a lot of churches, I didn't always do it right. I had a critical attitude. I was wounded. I was offended. But if we can take the time to just be able to just take the mask off for a minute and be real and just minister and pray for one another and then move on to the agenda, most meetings are completely different. We get more done by spending more time just allowing our hearts to come forward and, and, and looking at our brother and sister and saying, hey, I need you today. Yeah. You know? I'm uh, struggling. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming at you with all of my victory lists. And, and it, it always brings such honor to uh, Jesus and who he is and what he wants to do right in the midst of our pain. Cause without him, we are nothing. Yeah. We're doing I just had nothing, yes. nothing. Right. I mean, yeah. he's everything. Yeah. He's everything. And so I love how you said just to move towards an inch by inch. Inch by inch. That's Even it. if it's a couple of years and you're just like, yes. don't talk down on yourself. If you can no. actually see a measurable, well, I hate this person less. Good. Awesome. Yes. Keep that's going. Right. You know, like right. seek his face and allow God to. Yeah. And that's the thing about like us as living sacrifices is it's just like to before the Lord is it's like a living sacrifice is going to jump off the altar. No, nah, I don't want to, I don't feel like doing this today. <laughs> yeah. No. Right. Uh, you know? And so, it, yeah, I think um, being patient with ourselves in that process, yeah. but you know, like yeah. you were saying, 
um, I can't remember how you said it, but it was basically the whole idea of like, uh, you know, kind of holding on to your pain versus, uh, you know, letting go and, and going towards God, uh, healing. I can't remember how you said it though, but you were talking to someone, you said, you know, they kept wanting to like, you kind of stopped and said, okay, Helen, let's look at what's going on inside of you. Yeah. I'm trying to yeah. jog your memory. Cause you said it so well. And I'm trying to remember exactly how you said it. Was it about, do you want to honor your wound more than you yes. want to honor his, his healing? Yes. 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 Yeah. And when we honor the wound, uh, that's when we move into religion. We're going to fake it till we make it. Mm. You know what? The wound's there and um, I'll have it when I need it. And I'm not ready to really be honest with myself and my journey because what if that requires me to step down from the platform for a while? Yeah. What, what if, if it I, does mean that? You know? Right, right. Uh, and, you know, who's going to think what of me? I mean, we have to ask those questions. Because it doesn't matter where we're at. I'm telling you, you may have a great big platform. You know, somebody listening right now, you may have a massive platform. And there is a hidden secret in your life. And there's a story in the Bible where Jesus is walking. And I'll, I'll find it. I'm sorry right now. I, I can't remember where it is. But what he says is there is the prince of the power of the air. He's talking to his disciples. But he has nothing in me. In other words, there is, Jesus was saying, there's the enemy, but there's nothing in me that belongs to him. Now, if there's anything within us that's connected to the realm of darkness that we are willfully hanging on to because we don't want to deal with those things in our life because the cost is too great. You've got to give that over to Jesus because you will not only lose yourself, but all of the people that have watched you they are going to be affected by what's happening in your life. Mm -hmm. And so we want to take the responsibilities and the gifts that God has given us uh, with honor. We want to take that seriously. You know, we have been given a high call and we want to move in, in a way where when the red alarm bell starts ringing in our own life, we're, we're going to be like, you know what? I'm okay. I need to step back. I need to deal with this. And that, that, my friend, is honorable and that is holy. Do not sacrifice your family because you've got a massive ministry and you don't want to deal with your stuff because there might be some fallout. Let the fallout happen, but be free in Jesus' name. Walk into wholeness, walk in authority and see the greater, greater part of your life lived out because that is everything right there. Yeah. It, 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 it's just, it's just not worth it to hold on to something. Yeah. 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 Come on. So, so, so good. All right. Well, Marty, um, why don't you pray for people? Uh, it's like a powder keg right now. So go ahead and pray. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Lord, I just pray for everybody listening right now and, and father for every man and for every woman that is struggling Whatever it is that you're struggling with, what whatever that issue is in your heart, that woundedness that has grown into a garden of bitterness, uh, I, I just want to encourage you right now, would you allow the Spirit of God to come into that place and bring healing and weed out those things in your life that are holding you dormant? Just because it looks like your gift is in operation doesn't mean 
that that thing is not going to overtake your life at some point in your life. And so, Father, I just pray that your love would draw every man and every woman, that your grace would compel them, that your heart, that your pursuit of them would be their motivational force to come before you, God, not out of fear of being punished, but to come before you and to invite your grace and your work of holiness in our life. God, then we we can move in authenticity and that the lie of the enemy that tells you to keep silent would be broken over you. God sees everything about you and he wants you free. I speak freedom over your life today. I pray for divine connections for you. I pray that holy relationship would come into your life. I pray that every voice that's contrary to the voice of Jesus and the truth of his word would be exposed and that those things would be removed out of your life. You matter so much. God's love for you is fierce. And he wants to see you live your best life. Yes, live your best life and know and sense and move with him to see other people coming in to wholeness as well. So in Jesus name, may every lie over your life be exposed and broken. May the truth of his word penetrate your heart and set you free. May the spirit of God put your feet in motion as you begin to move forward into your healing, into all that he has for you. May your yes to God be bigger than the yes to your woundedness and to those that have hurt you. I pray that you would do it while 180 in your life Mm -hmm. and that you will know that when you do that, you will come face to face with him. He is a good God. He's a good daddy. And he's the only one that knows how to take all of your mess and turn it into a message. He is faithful and he can be trusted. Amen. Mm, Amen. Man, this was a great episode, Marty, and a great way to kick off the week. I think, um, you know, this is going to bring a lot of healing to people. So if people want to write you and be like, yo, Marty, I got to just hear, here's what's up with me. How can people contact you? What's the best way? So actually on my website, they could email me. Uh, which is really great. There's just a little link there to contact. That is a really good way. Actually, um, I get a lot of messages on my um, Facebook. Sometimes it takes me a while to scroll through those. So right now, the email and the private message on Instagram is probably better. Awesome. Um, Yeah, that would be the best way. Great. Yeah. And then obviously, everybody, we have links in the description to all of her different, uh, her main hubs, (laughs) where she's active. You're very active on Instagram. So, um, Marty, thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you for having me, Jeff. It's such a blessing. It was so great. So everybody, uh, have a blessed Monday. Tune in tomorrow. We've got, uh, filmmaker Eric Skeldon on. This can be really great. We've been trying to get him on for a while. So going to be really good. Really looking forward to that. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. ElijahFire.com slash donate is how you donate. All proceeds go towards keeping this free five days a week. And then we take a portion of every donation. We funnel it into our water well efforts. We're, we're beyond Uganda now. Uh, and it's because of you guys' generosity and donations. So God bless you guys. We love you. Uh, stoked for a new week. Uh, tune in tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Eric Skeldon. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. 
For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.